Are you excitable? Are you excitable? Are you excitable? Are you excitable? Are you How's it going? Gather around, babe! <laughs> uh, it's time to gather around, uh, ra- around the hearth, and uh, join us for another episode of Tim. your th- <laughs> second favorite. You got any more, uh, got any more scat track to throw in there? I just, I totally missed shouting along to the title last time, so I jumped the gun sure. this time because I want to <laughs> yeah, make yeah. sure I get, it. I got it. Uh, so another episode of. Till Til death, death do us, us. Papa pa, pa, party. Papa party. Yeah, yeah, so I am your uh, host, Stuart, Stuart Wellington, Wellington, the leopard tamer. <laughs> oh, it's great. You're like, uh, which, wait, which one's the guy in? Uh, which one's the guy in Cypress Hill who just shouts? Uh, the, does the call and response with? Uh, I don't know. Be real. I don't remember Bart, his name. Bart, okay. Bart Weedy? I don't know. This is not... <laughs> this is not, uh, what, uh... Oh, man, I can't C- even come Cypress up with a fucking shitty pun for a Cypress Hill the Cypress Hill podcast. The Cypress <laughs> Yep, that's, uh, that's probably as good as we're gonna do today. Um, and, uh, joining me, uh, you can hear him in the background, uh, shouting things, is Dr. Def himself, <laughs> Dr. Def Alex himself! <laughs> How you doing, Dr. Alex Def? Man! Got a ride, babe. So uh, you are okay. sounding, you're sounding excited, and I think that's totally appropriate for the mm. meat of this episode, which we're going to get to in a second. Hey, Stuart. Uh, yeah, what's up, dog? What happens when you wave a red flag in a cow pasture? Uh, maybe some kind of a race, or maybe a bull. Maybe a bull runs around. I don't know. I don't know either, but you might excite a bull. Oh, you son of a fucking bitch. Okay, shut it down. Let's just <laughs> rewind and start over. <laughs> Can't believe you got me. You got me. I'm, 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 yeah, put me in jail. Uh, you're, in j- so, you're in jail. Okay. Um, so if you're just you tuning like the, in. How do you like jail? Is it good? Uh, yeah, you know, it's really good to expand my horizons. Um, I come from kind of like a privileged upper middle oh, class absolutely, yeah. Midwestern upbringing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just kind of, kind of nice to expand my, my boundaries, my horizons and kind of see how the other, the other half lives, you know? Yeah. You're going to blog about it. Maybe start a TV show. Yeah. I mean, I'm working on a screenplay. Mm hmm. Uh, I'm doing one of those, uh, deep cover Diablo Cody type, type jams. Mm-hmm. Like when Diablo Cody went to jail and, uh, <laughs> yeah. to write that screenplay, <laughs> yeah. that movie, Judo? uh, she wrote, uh, Dead Man, Dead Man Walking with Sean Penn and Susan Sarandon. Yep. She, she went to Death Row. Mm-hmm. Death Row Records. <laughs> Home of Cypress Hill, I think. Yep. And, uh, and Shot Baggy. Oh, wow. Uh, that was deep cover. I guess that was the only way that she could prove she's in the gang. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, so I think we're getting off track uh, because normally what we do here on this uh, podcast is we talk about the band Def Leppard. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is a crazy time to start because uh, we are all the way in. Yeah. We are up to our mid-thigh in Def Leppard's Hysteria, their magnum opus. Yeah, we're basically at the coda of the album Hysteria, so I would recommend to any new listeners that you go back and... Uh maybe listen to some of the earlier stuff because we're 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 even i mean we're in like the closing credits now basically we um yeah we're like at the the stinger right before the credits where we're like def leopard's been dead the whole time yeah ba- yeah the twist has been revealed the framing device has been revealed as we discussed in the last uh episode the song hysteria reveals to us or sort of after the conclusion of the song run riot which is where everything kind of blows up and literally goes to hell we discover that the um the elaborate biblical and apocalyptic parable of the whole album hysteria um you know starting at the garden of eden and going to and going in all these crazy directions um and ending with uh with what seems to be the end of the world that this all has just been a figment in the mind of someone who's been driven mad by love uh Sort of like, as the cover implies, it's all happening in someone's deranged mind. Um, Though in this case, the derangement is just, like, unrequited love or something. Yeah, we're all figments in a dream of a mad sleeper, basically. Sure. Uh, Um, So we, yes. Oh, I was just going to say, and, and, uh, you know, and... we don't need to say this every time, all the time, but I feel like doing it anyway. But in the hands of a lesser band, you know, uh, 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 this concept might end with the song Hysteria. Hysteria even sounds like kind of like a closing track song. It's very, uh, it, you, you know, it's very like it, it reflective and, uh, and introspective and, and, and thoughtful. Uh, it's a nice note to end on. So again, in the hands of a lesser band, th- th- this hysteria might end with with that. It might end with the reveal of the framing device. But instead, they bring it back up. They bring you right back up with another huge banger, excitable. Because Joe's not done talking. You know, like he's got more and to let's, say. Let us uh, let us also point out that uh, Def Leppard does their they handle this through line. So deftly, so subtly. I like that, that deftly. I like it. Yeah. Uh, that for the average listener, it would be almost impossible to realize that this is, in fact, a concept album. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, that's... To to your average listener, mm-hmm. you're like... The average listener is like, no, that's just a collection of smash hit songs that have no correlation sure. other than that they are performed by the same amazing musicians. Your average, um, you know, humdrum Joe Schmo uh, schlub is just walking around with his briefcase and his $50 suit, and he's just thinking, ah, it's a great album of unrelated songs that they probably mm-hmm. wrote at different times about different things. Yeah, uh, yeah. Your average Joe who's just, just average. Uh, rushing home to yep. peel off his three-piece cage. Mm-hmm. Maybe sit down with his, his younglings and his wife. Bacon in his metal casket along the freeway. Yep. Just waiting to get home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's just your average, ordinary, everyday dude. Yep. Talking and to his plain Jane wife about yep. how th- these songs probably don't mean anything in relationship to each other. Not like when he thinks of a record 
that is uh, is a concept record that is told from the perspective of somebody who's been driven crazy by love. He's probably he thinks it begins and ends with the album London by the band Voices, mm-hmm. not realizing. No, it's staring him right in the face on his poster in his garage. Yep, Def Leppard's Hysteria. Yep, one of the great, one of the greatest concept albums of all time. Okay, so uh, and it would be it would be a crime for us to not tell people, almost like a like a mind crime. Yeah, mind crime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's uh, let's pick up let's pick up this sweet piece where we left it, and dig into the next track, Alex. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. Here's Excitable. Are you excitable? 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 I'm gonna pause it just right after that that first uh, <laughs> that that first little bit. The first the first fifteen seconds of that or so. Uh, before we before we get to the music we got kind of a horror uh opening here like just sound effects just voices um Mm -hmm. sort of a that uh monster robotic kind of um demon voice is back again scary a little spooky scary it's saying uh are you excitable right Mm -hmm. then we got some and we got some heavy breathing uh, we got kind of like a like a it's almost like a funhouse mirror sort of effect of these voices where they're they're pitched differently and they're coming out of different places. Um, and, yeah, and, this, uh, and your your average Joe, he pops this song in and he's like, "Wait, am I listening to a song or am I reading one of those R.L. Stein Goosebumps novels?" Mm-hmm. Because this is terrifying. It's it's very frightening, and it builds and builds. Things speed up. You hear a heartbeat. And it builds to a woman screaming, or or perhaps a man sped up screaming. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. if they brought a woman in uh, to and then frightened her to scream. Uh, that'd be that'd be something. That'd be another thing we'd put in our uh, yeah. I mean, our, that's one of those movie about making of this album is I'd, I'd really want to get to the bottom of who who screams. Now, normally, if you're trying to find out that kind of information, you would turn to a podcast that minutely discusses every single song by Def Leppard. Sure. This is not that, that podcast. You're going to have to go to a different Def Leppard podcast to find out exactly who provided that scream. Right. Well, that's, yeah, you're going to have to... There's a, there's a rumor that that scream was one of the motorists that found Rick Allen at the side of the ro- road armless. That's a rumor. Uh, it's not, and it's not true. The Nobody weird found thing Rick was, Allen on the side of the road because she wasn't a car accident. She And the thing is, is that she didn't scream when she saw that he was missing his arm. She screamed when she heard, I'm the drummer for Def Leppard. And she said, like, the scale of that crime against humanity struck her. And she, that's when she screamed. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that, that there was a chance that the greatest band in the world was not going to have a drummer with two arms anymore. Uh, yeah, well, actually, what actually what happened is Rick Allen woke up one morning and he ran uh, he ran down the stairs of his flat out into the streets of London, and he yep. encountered uh, a young lady, mm-hmm. and um, and you know what? Now that now that you mentioned it, I think this is actually how they, how they recorded this scream. I've, I think I heard this at one point. So he he comes he comes out down the stairs of his flat, runs out onto the onto the streets of London. He runs into a young lady, and he says uh, he says, "Hi, mate." Someone's yep. someone's kipped me. Someone's kipped me, yam, and uh, mm-hmm. and she screamed, uh, and that and 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 a 
and she pointed at the uh, very suspicious-looking KGB agent with a bloody briefcase running off down uh-huh. an alley somewhere. Yeah. Now, uh, for those uh, eagle, eagle-eared listeners, uh, of course, you heard him say "yarm," which is Cockney <laughs> rhyming slang for <laughs> Cockney rhyming slang for arm, which is uh, the the appendage that you normally have two of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, quite a tale. Um, speaking of tales, see, people, people over at, people over in uh, over across the pond, as they say, they don't have mm-hmm. their <laughs> they don't they don't lose their arm. They yep. they say someone kipped me yarm. That's what they okay. say. Yeah, it's all about uh you know colloquialism. Like li- different uh, communities develop different slang some, terms. Some gov kipped me yarmo. <laughs> I'm making it worse. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm I'm going home. That's yeah. That's Stewart's if, uh, in jail. He, I'm at home. He would he would say what you just said. Uh, some govs kipped me Yarmo if he was uh, if he was in I guess I think Nottingham I think Nottingham is the, oh, the yeah. part of England. But yeah. we're talking about a boy from Sheffield. Nottingham so. though Nottingham is a is a sort of savage post apocalyptic uh, world where there's the, what there's one one woman for every four men in that town. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this weird like there's just frozen dinners scattered all over the yep. ground and. Uh, well, it's it's like hell. It's, it's like Hell Valley, and it's like the Biff world in uh, in Back to the Future too. Yeah, Biff first. So we got some spooky, scary monster voice. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, don't then we start to hear a little bit, a little bit of, little bit of them guitars. Yeah, let's hear, let's go to where the music actually starts after the scream, uh, and hear the intro, the musical intro proper. Check it out. A uh, lot, lot happened there. Very splashy uh, musical intro. We got the we got a little little um, splashy guitar happening. The drums just going thump 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 thump. Uh, and when uh, like when you, I think when most people learn how to play a guitar, they learn that uh, the music comes from like from your heart and from your hands. Yeah. But that guitar riff is clearly coming from somewhere down below. The down below, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all in the hips and the wiener. Yeah, or vagina. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to gender it. Yeah, well, I mean, you binaried it, so that's yeah, almost as bad. Uh, but yeah. the so yeah, it's a it's a very um, it, it's a very it's a lot of swagger already. There's a little spice, oh, yeah. a little swagger. Uh, we got mm-hmm. the na 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 da da. It's got like a it's got a almost like a tappy kind of light like a hint of a swing to it too. Like it's got a this song has a bit of a almost like a like an old old musical vibe. Yeah, um, it's a sort of it's a sort of opening where like you would see people at like an old timey dance hall that are like sitting looking bored, and then like they start looking at each other and they start tapping their feet, and you see them like getting up and going to the dance floor yeah well you could just you can just hear somebody pulling out their uh you know their 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 clarinet um 
you know, Benny mm-hmm. Benny Goodman, like pulling yep. pulling out his clarinet and just that like do 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 do. So if it was like do 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 do, it's got a very like sing songy um, uh, swing swing uh, swing songy. It's, yeah, um, it's in the swing of things. Yeah, that's probably a Benny Goodman song. And again, it's just it's just very like it's very catchy, very light, but a lot of swagger um, and a lot of and, and, and we're, we, we sense this sort of uh, coming cloud of lust from from that guitar line. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's also a, a, one of one of Joe's great catchphrases. He finally worked it into a song. He had this on the back of a jacket for years. But the, mm-hmm. so stand up, stand up, stand up. And then he says, never go down, never go down. That's one of that's one of Joe's classic uh, lines about how he doesn't ever. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he never wants to eat pussy. And uh, that was kind of like one of his signature like philosophies really um in his, yeah, in his younger it, days yeah he calls it one of his signature shock tales <laughs> a play on signature cocktails but it's a shocking tale that he tells people <laughs> yep that's three words a three-word tale <laughs> yeah. never go down well, i mean you get a whole story of beginning middle and end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right uh shall we let's hear the let's hear the first verse and then the bridge is i mean we've the intro and the bridge and the chorus are all very tightly related in this song. This song has a very like sort of refrain oriented mm-hmm. structure where there's a musical refrain that it kind of returns to frequently. Uh, it's the part, it's what makes up the bridge. It's what makes up the intro. There's a chorus. And then there's the, after the chorus, there's the do, 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 do thing. So uh, let's just go ahead and hear the verse and the bridge. Since we're so prepared for the bridge, we don't really need to, uh, to separate it out, but let's let's hear this at uh, forty-five seconds. Stuart, why don't you why don't you read us those uh, those lyrics there? Okay. Ah, this uh, obsession, it's getting uh, inviting, a little X-rated, a little bit exciting. So there's a uh, there's an affect going on there. There's like a little he start stop he's stammering, but in a in in kind of a a scatty way like um yeah it might be uh in that in that if it, this were a lesser vocalist you would assume he's just trying to fill out those beats or that he's nervous oh might, okay yeah, yeah yeah you might think that the, that this is the, his first time performing the song on stage uh and they just recorded his first his first attempt but he's yeah. stumbling over his words because he's so nervous at, at all the eyes staring at him. I don't think that's happening here. I don't think that's what's happening to Joe. I think he's going obsession because it uh, the the he wants you to feel like you're on the edge of something. There's a tension in the oh, way yeah. that uh, this obsession, like we're we're about to erupt with something, perhaps like something it. sexual. All right. Mm-hmm. 
And then, uh, and then of course, the bridge is just that stand up, stand up, stand up, telling people Saying, to stand yeah. up, uh, which is a um, interesting thing to tell people in the middle of kind of a sexy song. You don't normally think of uh, getting people to stand up when you're talking about X-rated uh, obsessions mm-hmm. and getting excited. People think about, you know, people think about yeah. lying down. Or, when you're with, yeah, when you're with your sweetie, you're yeah. getting busy. You don't whisper in his or her ear and say, "Stand hey, up, stand up." Yeah, I mean, unless unless hey. unless you say "stand up" and then you kick your computer off of your desk and and knock everything over so that you can make room uh, to make love, that's when you might say "stand up." I mean, maybe if you're in the shower, you're going to be like, stand up, because lying down here, I'm drowning, you know? Yeah, We're on <laughs> exactly. The, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, being on the bottom, my, my, my being on the bottom is, my, in, in the shower on the ground is pretty bad. <laughs> yep, my, my tushy's blocking the, uh, blocking the drain, and the water's <laughs> filling up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to drown if you don't stand up. Oh, man, you got to do it all for love, dude. That's uh, a... <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, you're that's like Jack, that, uh, you're like that, Jack that from Three Tit- Musketeers song. That's how that Three Musketeers song is all about. Right? Jack from Titanic would just let the water fill up, go into his nostrils, <laughs> just <laughs> keep going. He wouldn't. He wouldn't get up. He wouldn't yep. stand up. So, uh, but he's so Joe here is telling everybody uh, stand up, stand up, stand up, as if mm-hmm. he's um, as if he's he doesn't want them to uh, he doesn't want them to spend it. You know what I mean? He wants the excitement to build and build and build. And he doesn't want... This song is not so far about going towards release as it is, as much as it is about getting yourself worked up. Right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, it's pretty propulsive. Uh, it, it, we're, we're clearly building to something. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah, the whole thing is propulsive. The bridge is a little bit less so than normal uh because it's kind of it it, the again with this musical refrain it's like they're building up and then breaking down a little bit so the stand up stand up is almost like a bit of a breakdown uh from from what we heard or actually i'm sorry it's bigger than it was the last time we heard it Uh but it's it's basically just a a call and response you know what i mean but it's the sort of thing where you're like is this the chorus? Is this all we're getting? But you know it's Def Leppard. Yeah. You're going to be getting a whole lot more. Yeah, just so just because put the... on that bib and buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> just because the uh the bridge is is big and compelling and uh and like takes a very prominent place in the song does not mean you're not getting a chorus. That's the Def Leppard promise. So uh, let's hear that. Let's go ahead and hear that chorus. So, um, again, pretty straightforward, uh, the lyrics there. So we get to, we get to the end of the bridge, you know, it's stand up, say, yeah. And then he goes, come on, get in the groove. You know, I get so excitable. Mm -hmm. I really get so excitable. The excitables are, are, 
angelic chorus of yep. vocalists. Yep. Um, I want to get you excitable. So come on, let's go. And then he says, oh, baby, don't say no. A little bit of theatrics there from Joe. Yeah. A little, pl- little playful. Yeah, very, very coy, very playful. Um, and, uh, and again, just a, a plea for a plea for this person. Be it me, be it a love interest, be it a member of the audience. I think, I think we're talking to like a big crowd here, because yeah. with how much he's telling people to stand up, stand up, stand up, like it just seems like if you're talking to one person and you haven't gotten that one person to stand up by the chorus, you're not you're not being a very good salesman. And if you have to yeah. beg like this, oh baby, don't say no. That seems like. He wouldn't have to beg by this point if he was just talking to one person. So I think he's talking to a crowd. I think this is a philosophical song. It's uh, that's that's preaching. It's preaching to a crowd. Okay. All right. I can, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's preaching to an audience of committed faithful. Absolutely, absolutely. And at this point, you know, that's everybody really. Um, yeah. So I want to play the second the second verse normally we would just sort of read the lyrics of the second verse but this second verse is kind of special it's a little okay. bit different uh than the first verse just in a, in a few um it just has a few nice little touches the first verse was very stripped down just basically like a beat and a little bit of guitar uh stings here and there here is the second verse So, and then we're back, and we're back into the bridge already. Okay, uh, the bi- the big difference is we got these voices in the background uh, doing almost like a sports call, you know, just oh, oh, yeah, 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 uh, in the in the background of what of the verse. So, Stuart, go ahead and read the those the verse lyrics there, second verse. Ah, this temptation, it gets a. Uh... Uh, outrageous oh! it's such a sensation oh a little bit co-contagious <laughs> and then he goes hi hi <laughs> yeah. like he's jumping like he's oh, jumping yeah, up and down uh so we're we're getting very excited right yeah yeah, yeah. the crowd just like the title of the song the crowd is starting to just oh along in the background um, and, uh, and Joe is, is really playing up these, these stuttered words. Uh-huh. Um, and we're back, we're back it's to like, the... he's so excited. He, the words can't be contained in, in the scent in like the, all the sounds can't be contained in the word that they're a part of. Right. Like the, the syllables are breaking off into new areas. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's cause he's excitable. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and just to be, just to be thorough, you know, when I, when, when I was, uh, researching this song, especially for today, I thought I'd go back to basics as you sometimes do in, uh, you know, in a really good thesis paper or something. I decided to look mm-hmm. up the word excitable in the dictionary. Yeah. 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 Um, now the, the first thing I did was I just Googled the word excitable, mm-hmm. um, which 
Google, I don't know where they get their, uh, I don't know where Google gets that little, that definition that just pops up when you look up a single word that's not like attached to a, a website or anything. It's just Google's like st- stock definition for excitable is responding rather too readily to something new or stimulating too easily excited, which is the connotation there is really negative. It's really judgy. That's a super judgy definition for excitable, right? Rather too readily, too easily excited. It's like, um, it's passing judgment on it and saying that it's bad. Uh, whereas the, I then looked up the Webster definition of it, which is just capable of being readily roused into action or a state of excitement or irritability. So that's much, that's, that's got less of a negative connotation, a bit of a nicer thing. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And I think Joe here is going more for the, uh, Webster definition. Uh, cause obviously he thinks being excitable is a good thing. He wants people to be excitable. He wants people yeah, now, to feel these feelings. Now, listeners at home, if for whatever reason you disagree with Dr. Def on this topic and you think that uh, he is not uh, going by the Webster's definition, just shoot us a text message or uh, write us a letter and we'll read it on air sometime. Yeah. Okay, or, send, or send us a send us an email to Till mm-hmm. Def Do Us Party. Uh, two P's, two L's until... Uh, at gmail.com and we will, uh, we will totally, uh, respond to that probably if I read mm-hmm. it. Um, I, yeah, I'd be curious to hear some, uh, some other people's mm-hmm. feedback on the definition of, of excitable, the title of this song. Yeah. Shoot us a, <laughs> shoot us a message over Instagram, our official Instagram account of till death do us papa party. Uh, uh-huh. At Instagram.com. So, uh, <laughs> we don't have any other uh, social media things, and I think maybe I should set those up. Maybe we should have an Instagram. Maybe we should have a, tum- a- Maybe we should have a Tum blog. Uh, and what about a-, a Snapchat? Do we have a Snapchat? We don't yet? have a Snapchat. We sh- I, You know what? We should. We, the thing yeah. is, this day and age, man... It's all about getting your social plats up and and letting people yeah. engage with you. Um, so I I think maybe we should we should do that. I just uh, you know I have I have like five Twitter accounts already. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever get a you ever get any of that like social media anxiety that they're always talking about nowadays, where like you just get overwhelmed by the amount of people trying to engage with you? No, I wouldn't say I get that. Um, uh, no. All the people that are reaching out to you, trying to get some advice on uh, Def Leppard uh, lyric interpretations for their own uh, thesis papers. No, man, I'm all about that follow back lifestyle. I like the interactions. I like the you know. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to I'm just trying to achieve macro, as they say. Um, I'm just trying to get out there and be memed and meme and just have uh, as many possible likes and respects and uh, and engagements. Uh, just don't scroll, man. Just don't scroll past me. That's all I ask. Yeah, yeah. It it helps uh, kind of verify your existence. Yeah, I mean, it's really all I have mm-hmm. is is the social media stuff. So back to the song. We've kind of reached the end of what lyrically there is to sort of say in this song. We've got, we've done both verses. 
Um, oh, you know what? I'm wrong. There's actually there's there's an, a very uh, a very fun little lyrical bit that happens after this. But we've gotten to the concept of the song, and we've heard we've heard the two verses. Yeah. We've heard the we've heard the chorus. So, Stuart, what do you what do you think this? What do you think's going on here? Outside of is there subtext to? Is there a purpose behind uh, Joe Elliott standing in front of a crowd of people and saying, stand up, get in the groove? What's he trying to accomplish here? What's he trying to do? Okay, so I think on the surface level, he's trying to get the audience at the show to stand up and get into the groove. Sure. That's just the most surface level. Yeah. But I think a little bit deeper, he's trying to convince people that he like he's trying to get that like call and response like he's trying to prove that he exists in this in this big empty galaxy huh interesting so he's so he's trying to get an engagement he's he's trying he's he's shouting smash like is what he's doing yeah smash or i mean like maybe even smash retweet sure yeah um i think i think there's I think there's a little bit of that in there, uh, in that there's a little bit of existential doubt in everything all of us do. Um, And and a little bit of, you know, you wouldn't be out there singing songs if you didn't want validation. Sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, for me, the the interpretation that that I put on this song, uh, the subtext of it, is basically... And this is the canonical definition uh, yeah yeah this is i mean this is really what the song is about the song is about being horny uh and getting horny but getting okay. horny on purpose and then not doing anything about it so as as we come out of this uh album that in many ways is thoughts on love and relationships and men versus women and uh and you know how we um uh, society and the rules and the restrictions of it, but also the release of uh, of sexual love. Yeah, what he's saying Rouge. is avoid that sexual release. Don't sap your tea. Don't uh, don't sap your sexual energy. This is a, essentially a song about abstinence, but getting yourself horny while being abstinent. So it's about it's about sort of edging yourself through your life. Right. Oh, going yeah. Through, you wanna, you going through life peak. with a boner. So okay. stand up. So if you, you know if you're about to get it on with somebody, don't do that. Stand up. Get in the groove. Oh, Go out. Do okay. stuff. Because that sexual energy is going to take you places. And yeah, that's throw really on some throw on some silk boxers. Yeah. Uh, so you want. So this song really is about keeping yourself at a at a constant heightened state of sexual tension. Uh, that's why there's again. That's why there's the stuttered words, uh, because he's so excited all the time. You know, it's uh, the, this song comes off like a sort of like someone's on cocaine or something, but it's not yeah. cocaine. It's sexual energy. Yeah, yeah. It's like the sexual magic that Alan Moore talks about in his comic books. Uh, I'll take your word on yep. that. So uh, we have another we have another uh, bridge. We have another chorus. Um, and then there's a little middle section. There's a there's a kind of a um, uh, maybe a breakdown. Well, there it's a, it's a middle eight. Okay. Um, it it sort of happens where a middle eight is. Actually, you know what? Can can I can I back up just a moment about song yeah, sure. structure and make and, so. and talk about something? We, there is a 
um, there's something about song structure that I feel like maybe we should say, because we talk about Def Leppard song structure in a way that is different than the way a lot of people talk about song structure. We talk about bridges in Def Leppard. We talk about it all the time because they're so important, right? Yep. And when we talk about bridges, we're talking about this, the long, often eight bar uh, passage that happens between the verse and the chorus. And it takes us as a bridge. It takes us from the verse to the chorus. That's not in a lot of people's minds and in, in sort of general generic pop music songwriting, the bridge is considered or what people call the bridge is actually a thing that's, that's also called the middle eight, which is happens after the second chorus and it's like a little, little, um, the best, the best example I can think of is, you know, in, uh, never going to give you up Rick Astley. Um, yeah. you know, that section where they go, never going to give, never going to give, give you up. And the ladies are singing, you know, that section mm-hmm. that's the middle eight. So it happens between the second, uh, the second chorus and the end of the song. And it's, that's. Traditionally, a lot of times that's what people consider the bridge because it bridges you to the end of the song and it's a special section that doesn't happen anywhere else. Uh-huh. Are you following me? Yep. The, uh, the, uh, the best example I can think of right now that's a Def Leppard uh, middle eight bridge is, the, um, is in uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me. With, it's the you got the peaches, I got the cream section. Yeah. That's a middle yeah. eight, right? Uh, and... That's what a lot of people refer to as a bridge. So if you've been confused when we've been calling the, uh, the section between the verse and the chorus the bridge, I'll tell you why I don't like... Uh, well, the people who call the middle eight the bridge refer to what we call the bridge as the pre-chorus. Yep. Do you follow me? So yep, and I think that I think that uh, I think that minimizes it. I, I that I totally agree, Stuart. That's my that's my my feeling on it because I I don't like it for a couple reasons. It sounds uh, it's it, again like you said, it sounds subservient to everything else. It sounds like an afterthought or like it's part of the chorus, but it's not. And if you're a Def Leppard fan, calling the what we call the bridge the pre-chorus is a disservice because. It's not just a pre-chorus. It's in many cases, it's the most thrilling part of the song. It's like the biggest part of the song. So we call it the bridge. Yeah. It's where your knuckles go white on the steering wheel, and you're like, "Oh man, it's coming." Yeah, and often what what happens as a middle eight in a Def Leppard song is like some combination of interlude, breakdown, or guitar solo, and those words are fine for that. So we don't need quote-unquote pre-chorus uh never going to give you up actually does have a good example of a pre-chorus too where he does the um um i just want to tell you how i'm feeling and it's just this little two-line thing that leads you right into the chorus that's a perfect pre-chorus um but that's not what def leppard does def leppard doesn't have little throwaway uh, throwaway maybe is not fair but little understated moments that are just meant to drive you into the into the chorus all right so all of that is to say this song actually does have a more standard sort of pop middle eight section that's like what would be called a bridge in a pop song uh 
but it's weird. They've they've stretched it out. It's called middle eight because it's like eight bars. But this is so many bars. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of it and uh, and just hear what. Let, let's see how far we can get in our legally allowed time. <laughs> um, so we're starting at two seventeen. But anyway, if you're if you understand what I'm saying and you and you get the math of the middle eight as far as bars, I'll just say this is almost like two. what this middle section, this middle interlude is like is it's like two middle sevens and a four. That's okay. that's what happens here. OK, so enough boring uh, math. But here's here's the song. little bit like rocket in that it just keeps going and you're not really sure where it's gonna land you know yeah yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stop it right there um, just to, to, to talk about that so that's just it feels extended right yeah, it feels like they like they're like you're never really sure where, where the where the seams are and 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 it's building. It's constantly building. So, again, mm-hmm. it's that sexual tension. It's that you're on the edge of your seat. You're not really sure where you are in the pattern. You're not sure where yeah. you, you you know, you're expecting this maybe to just happen a little bit. And it happens for a little longer than you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are surprises for, in it, too. And for a live show. This gives the uh, this give gives the guys an opportunity to vamp a little bit on stage. Oh yeah, yeah. There's plenty plenty of space to just mess around in it. Just ham it up, you know. Yeah. Get the crowd all fucking worked up into a frenzy. Mm-hmm. And then there's a great uh, a great sort of chanted uh, build up section where Joe um, does it tells us a little tells us a little poem. Let's hear the little poem. Yeah. At 254. So we heard a we, we heard the beginning there uh, of uh, of a like a breakdown version of the chorus. But what yeah. led us to there, uh, Stuart? Why don't you read those lyrics to us? Uh, I mean, lyrics is kind of uh, I think that's an interesting term because, as you said, this feels more like a little poem. Sure. So it says, "Inch by inch, mile by mile, what I do, I do in style." Mm-hmm. You got your leather lace. Long and lean, ballistic lipstick, dream machine. It's almost like a rap, really. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of he's kind of rapping there, inch by inch, mile by mile. What I do, I do in style. That's mm-hmm. and he's sort of speaking it. Uh, I don't want to say Def Leppard invented rap here because uh, it's years after rap was invented. Uh, maybe popularized <laughs> is a better sure. term. Yeah, yeah. 
That's probably it. Yeah, this song that uh, they didn't release as a single uh, popularized rap. It's kind of it. Yeah, it's uh, like like the Big Bang moment. Bazinga. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And and you know what? For our Joe Schmo that we were talking about earlier with his plain yeah, yeah, Jane yeah. wife and his uh, and his humdrum, uh, you know, three piece suit. Uh, inching along that uh, that interstate, he's listening to hysteria. He gets to this point in the song, and he hears Joe start to rap, and he thinks, "You know what? Maybe rapping's okay." Yeah, he's like, "Maybe uh, I should check out some of this rapping music." Yep, he pulls up his Columbia House catalog, and he goes, uh, "I guess I'll take a couple of these Two Live Crew albums and mm-hmm. these two short records." I hope these don't. Uh, I hope these don't change my view of status quo white America listening to these albums. Well, it's okay as long as you view view those records as kind of like uh, play acting, like uh, like theater. Hey, they're just telling stories, man. Johnny mm-hmm. Cash never killed nobody. So, <laughs> so, uh, and then we get to, and then we get to, you got to do it. I uh, do it, do it. Hey, come on and do it. And that structurally is a perfect middle eight break like it's uh it it is a um it's it's just exactly spot on and so what's interesting there with what they've done with their middle eight section here is that they have extended it out they've given it a bit of an irregular pattern but then built to and then wrapped a little bit over it and then built to this sort of perfect what what is considered in pop music a middle eight bridge all right and now we're at the now we're at the bridge breakdown Uh uh-huh which uh, explodes into a final chorus, but yep. there's something kind of special here at this final chorus musically. Um, and again, it gets back to that sassy, brassy, uh, you know, um, uh, style, almost like almost like you're watching a musical style. But listen, listen to how the chorus kicks back in at uh, after the breakdown. So we'll hear just a little tail end of that breakdown right here. Mm-hmm. And then it uh, and then it fades out. But the but what's cool about that, I think, is uh, did you hear how the beat is slightly different, Stuart, when the cor- when the chorus comes back in? No, I got distracted by that sweet ass second guitar that came in and went na na now 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 now. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sassy. Uh, it's really really talking at you. And but the beat is going so the the beat has gone from the standard beat to a mm-hmm. kind of boom crash boom crash boom crash you know like boom crash boom crash which sounds like you know when the chorus line when uh, when when ladies like stand in a line and kick their yeah, legs yeah, up yeah, yeah. that's the that's the that's the rhythm for that it's a uh, or that's the sort of pattern 
is you've got boom, crash, boom, crash, and they're kicking their legs up. So that always sounded to me like uh, like everybody's gotten together and there's choreography happening. It's like the big moment, the big chorus moment in a musical. Uh, and, and it's like everybody's gotten together and like going to see maybe can-can dancers or going to see like the Rockettes or something. It's very It's something that's very heightened sexually but isn't, uh, isn't about sex and isn't about release. So it's just what life is like when you're always horny. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's standing up and kicking. Yeah, so you got all these dudes with boners uh, getting in a chorus line and just kicking their legs out. Boom, crash, boom, crash, boom, crash. That's how the song ends. Okay. Uh, and, then it, and then it fades out. And he says, as it fades out, it, uh, very, very faintly, you hear him uh, ad-lib a couple things. He goes, you got me shivering. <laughs> and he goes, shaking and shivering. <laughs> uh, probably talking to his boner at that point. Yep. Um, he's He's just like... He's he's all he's all he's tweaking. He's tweaking oh, yeah, on yeah. sexual energy there at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, he's he's all uh, he's all edged out, you know. Yeah, man. Just totally edged. So, uh what do you have anything else to say about Excitable, the second to last track on uh on Hysteria? You know, I think uh I think this is uh this is a, like other than obviously the place it fits within the narrative, this is also uh, this is a good example of a classic Def Leppard B side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's fun. It it hits all the things that a Def Leppard song should hit. But compared to some of the other tunes, it's this is not going to be this isn't going to supplant any of their uh, any of their radio uh, radio friendly songs. Yeah, well, that's interesting because that's something that I wanted to say about it, it was it. it yeah, this is not um it it is it's a great Def Leppard B-side in that it's a really really solid album cut that is great. Mm-hmm. I do think if if Excitable was in the hands of any other band as we as we always say, the song Excitable if it was the if it was the single from this album, if the rest of the album was weak. Yep. Or weaker, sorry. Like I, sure. d- I doubted the rest of the album could be weak, but if the rest of the album was weaker and this was the obvious single, which is conceivable in my mind, like this, this is yeah. a solid enough album cut that in, you know, in, in lesser hands, it, it could almost be the single. This would be a song that you hear at every sporting event ever, like a- a- everywhere. Uh, this would basically, okay. this would have basically supplanted start me up as the sporting event song. If it had been the lead single or a main single from an album, but because yeah, okay. the rest of the album is so strong, this song feels like an album cut or a B side. And so it didn't get that prominent placement, but think about all the oohs in this song. Like the, the song is basically like stand up, stand. He's just telling everybody to stand up. Like you could play any little snippet of this song in the middle of a baseball game and get people so hyped up. Uh, so I, I just, I just think it'd be a perfect sporting event song. And for the, I don't regret anything about how successful the album was or how great the other songs are, but it's a little bit uh-huh. sad for this song that it isn't that it doesn't have that prominent of a place in American yeah. sports culture. Or maybe it has a place in British sports culture. I don't know. I, I mean, that, 
for for all yeah, I know. Yeah, when they have all the Quidditch matches and shit. Yeah, when they play Quidditch over there, uh, they must they they probably do play this song. You know what? Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I think I think the yeah the fact that the Rolling Stones are American is why "Start Me Up" is the is such a big song over here. Uh, whereas yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. Def Leppard, the, the biggest British band of all time, it's probably over in over in uh over in field yeah it's there it's probably you know it's probably plays at every footy match and yep. it probably is all over quidditch okay yep. uh Stuart, there's only one last thing left to do we don't really have any correspondence no we don't have any nope. further uh ads no other uh-huh. a reminder we still have two open slots for uh any uh ladies that want to write in and advertise themselves uh okay on on our show yeah, I guess still open, huh? Just send an email to tilldefdoesparty at, at gmail.com. Uh, Stuart, what would be the perfect cocktail or shock tail for yep. Excitable? Okay, so, you know, this, as you said, like, this is a great, uh, this is a great type of thing. This is a great song for, like, a sports bar. This is also the sort of song where, like, keep saying stand up. Like, you don't want to sit down. This is... This is like you just want to grab it and you want to grab that cocktail and go. So I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say the perfect pairing for this song is uh, a shot and a beer, a shot of whiskey and a cheap beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a, like the combo they give you at your local neighborhood joint where you get that combo. Of yeah, one. yeah, yeah. If this if we're talking baseball, we would call it a bat and a ball. What's yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your what's your go to shot on a shot and a beer? Uh, I would say for yeah, I would usually say a little bit of me. me. Yeah, I'd go a little bit of te- little tequila. You'd go for tequila. Tequilas. Yeah, so you uh, you get a little bit uh, hyped, you get a little bit pumped. Uh, but you could also, uh, I'd also maybe throw in some uh, some cheap bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Old I'd, granddad, I'd, I'd, or I'd def- I would default to bourbon myself. So, but for. Uh... But for authenticity's sake, let's let's say you know we're the the British band here, the English band. Uh, mm-hmm. The is there something? So what's it'd be a shot a shot of gin? Like yeah, okay, so yeah, gin gin would be it. Or I was trying to think like gin or scotch. Or shot like, what's, of gin, baby. What, what is the like go to shot if you're if you're one English and two drinking something local, like trying to drink something local. Yeah, you're gonna. It's gonna be a shot of beef eater gin. Okay. And a pint of lager. Yeah. So let's call it that. Okay. So uh, yeah, we got that uh, out of the way. It's uh, I guess it's time to just plug ourselves. Uh, you can plug ourselves right up. Yep. Plug me up. Uh, plug me up and never stop. Uh, I am Stuart Wellington. You can find me at FlophouseCat on Twitter. Uh, you can also occasionally hear me on the comedy podcast, the Flophouse Podcast, on Maximum Fun. Mm-hmm. Great podcast, great network. Oh, thanks. Uh, and that's it for me. Oh, uh, my name is Alex Smith. Uh, you can find me directly on Twitter at, at Lydia Burrell. Uh, like a woman's name, uh, two R's, two L's, and Burrell. Uh, and also, uh, that's my band. You can look that stuff up on uh, Spotify and uh, Amazon and iTunes and all that, Apple Music. And 
let's see. Then I also make comedy videos under the name of Howell Dottie, H-O-W-E-L-L-D-A-W-D-Y. You can find those on YouTube. I will be performing. I'll be opening up for Not A Surf at the Louisville Waterfront on uh, September 28th. Uh, I hear uh, I hear they have a great, their new record's really great. Not a surf. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was telling me that their new record that's that hasn't come out yet, but is coming out later this year. Oh, really somebody's great. got the somebody's got the inside scoop on it. He's, uh, somebody works in radio. Has oh, the nice. Inside scoop says it's better than it has any right to be. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to hear him, uh, and I'm excited to open up for him. So that says that's as Hal Dotty. I'll be opening up for them and. Uh, um, yeah, just follow Lydia Burrell on Twitter and uh, look up Hal Dottie on, on YouTube. That's, that's it for me. Bye. And go see, and go see Def Leppard on their current uh, summer tour. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Got it right, babe. <laughs>